everyone. I'm Shate. I'm Scott, and we're the Hazes. Welcome to the Love Haze Season Two, where yes, we want to talk about uh, rethinking the way we love life. But this season in particular, we are talking about the purpose work that folks are doing, uh, their personal lives, what they're doing to empower the communities. We have some really great conversations, including the one today. Right, and we all know that there will always be a haze. Yep. But we can make a choice to show up whole and healed and ready to walk into our purpose anyway. Yes, I love all of that. Walking into purpose. And speaking of purpose, today we have with us Miss Brandy Siobhan, known uh, on Facebook as B Speaks. She is a licensed clinical social worker in Georgia and New York. Her specialties are mood disorders and PTSD. She is also the founder of a women's empowerment uh, organization called Pearls of Esther, which I think is beautiful. And she also has her own podcast entitled uh, The Crazy Counselor. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, Thank welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, like they say on Coming to America. Right. Brandy's also one of my former co-workers. And uh, we still keep in contact and uh, have both been kind of, uh, she kind of pulled me into doing some of this work uh, kind of offline and kind of uh, encouraged me to start kind of fully walking into my purpose and uh, kind of getting into this work. So uh, without further ado, we're going to jump right in yeah. uh, and just tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and how you got started with your yeah. purpose work. Oh, okay. So as you said, I am a licensed clinical social worker and my story is just thinking back. It's so funny because I actually wanted to be a psychologist. Mm. And so when I was going through, well, let me go back before that. I went from wanting to be an attorney because I wanted to make a lot of money, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) To wanting to be a forensic psychologist to study crime scenes and all of that. And then I interned at a police department and I was like, this is not for me, <laughs> but I still wanted to help people. I, I always had a desire to help people. So I would do a lot of community service and things of that nature in undergrad. So at the end of my undergrad career, I uh, applied to five psychology programs and I got rejected by every last one. Mm. Wow. And at that moment, I was just like, maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Like counseling and helping sounds good, but God, maybe this isn't my purpose. Maybe I just want to do this because it's good work, but maybe I'm just supposed to do like community service and do something else. Cause I just got rejected times five, you know what I'm saying? And so it literally was a phone call by a fellow social worker who had just completed her master's program at Florida state. And I was talking to her and I was discouraged. And she was like, well, what is it that you want to do? I said, well, I want to go into private practice. I also have a desire. At the time, I was serving in prison ministry at my church. And that touched me very deeply. I was always moved and impacted when we went out to serve at the prisons. And I said, I want to do work in the prison system. And I don't know how to make this come together. I just got rejected from five schools. And she was like, well, you know, you can always get a social work degree. You can go into private practice with social work. You can do, you know, corrections work, you know, with a social work degree. And so from there, it literally was smooth sailing. Like I applied at the last minute, got in and it was just smooth sailing. I literally completed that degree program in two years. Mm. like done with it. 
I didn't even stay around Tallahassee for them to give for the graduation. I was like, friend, may be my degree. I'm going to Atlanta and I started my career here. But I, I share that because sometimes we think that a redirection or a scene, what seems like a rejection means that we're on the wrong path to purpose. And that's not what that means. We can easily be rerouted, just like when we're in our cars. And we go down the wrong road. The GPS is going to reroute you, fam. And it's going to take you to where you need to go. And so, and also in that, sometimes we're being rerouted and redirected because there could be an accident ahead. We don't know what's ahead, but we're rerouted. And so I share that because on the path to purpose, a, a redirection is not, it doesn't mean that you're not in the right vein. And for me, I had to find that out and, now I'm I'm doing the work, you know. I as Scott said, you know, we were we were used to work in the same program. We still work for the same entity. I'm doing reentry work, so I go into the prisons and I assist veterans with reentry assistance with coming out of prison. Mm-hmm. And also, I I do private practice. I'm I'm doing the podcast, so I'm doing all of the things with yeah. that redirection. And I I really feel like I'm in a better place now that I probably would have been before because there was a plan that was laid out just for me. I, I really love that. I keep coming back to this idea that a lot of the conversations that we're having with folks and learning about the work that they're doing are not necessarily things we knew about when we were growing up. So it's not that. Um, you know, yes, they could be rejections and redirections. A lot of times we weren't informed, like the work that I do today, I don't think it was around when I was young, but like a lot of the things that I've learned about, that's not stuff that we were exposed to when Mm -hmm. we were kids. You know, we're exposed to traditional doctor, lawyer, sports, Mm -hmm. entertainer, and like really that's it. And then professions that are adjacent to those in some Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. But there are all of these other facets of life that Um, are around and aligned with what people's curiosities and passions and, you know, all Mm -hmm. of those things are that, that really light them up in a service type of way that uh, I just wish we just knew more about growing up or there's a way that we could like share it with Mm -hmm. the younger generation. I guess this is, I get what we're doing, but you know. Yeah, I agree. So it's so funny because when we think about social work, like growing up, I thought of a social worker as like somebody who's coming to like respond to a child protective services well, situation and they're coming to take your kids or, <laughs> you know, think of us. Yeah. right, right. So I have to explain that when I go to schools to speak, like I ask, well, what do you think social workers do? And they'd be like, well, they come to your house and they'll take your kids. And I'd be like, OK, wait a minute, wait a minute, let me just break this down. Let me just break this down. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? And so, like you said, we uh, we I didn't know about that. What I knew was the Cosby show. What I knew was I need to be a doctor or a lawyer mm-hmm. in order to make a difference in this world. And no shade to doctors or lawyers, because I love them. Mm-hmm. Listen, absolutely. But that just wasn't the path specifically for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, when I was young, I didn't really have a clear picture of anything I wanted mm-hmm. to I saw all of those things. I did want to be a fly girl on the living color. Um, hey. They want to be a fly girl on the living color. There was like a black ice skater back in the day in the eighties. What was her mm-hmm. name? Um, I love uh, I can't Debbie, remember. Debbie something, Debbie Gibson, maybe. I don't know. I could be completely Gibson. wrong, but I remember seeing stuff like that, but I didn't see a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, you know, I want to be that when I grow up. So I appreciate right. uh, 
even in the work that I do today, I was just telling uh, Scott the other day, like, I wish I had known that was a, a career when I was younger, because maybe I would have, I would have tried that out, or I would have right. made that thing instead. Uh, so that's really, I really like how you said, you know, you had this one idea, and then, you know, it kind of redirected somewhere else, because I think that's the story of most folks, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. sure. So what was the haze for you? I know you said the rejection, but what else in this work specifically? What's what's the haze for you? So when you say the haze, can you clarify? Yeah. What's the thing, the difficulty, the challenge that you overcome? Maybe it's consistently this challenge surfaces. Ooh, that is such a good question. You know, I think that the haze for me and maybe with a lot of other people is the imposter syndrome. Mm. And I talk Mm. about that. And I just started doing this work more intently, I would say over the summer, over the spring and summer when things were really just popping off. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was a matter of knowing that I know what I know and affirming to myself that I'm gifted and I am called to this work. Mm. And as long as you know that you were gifted and that you were called to this work. Um, now, I'm I'm a person of faith. So any listeners, I don't know what your faith is, but I tap into my faith mm-hmm. and my relationship with God. And I had to honestly know that if he's called me to this work, he's going to always give me the wisdom to fulfill it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so with the imposter syndrome, that's believing that people are going to find out that you're not really as smart as put on. You know what I'm saying? No, I really am as smart as I put on. I really am as experienced as I put on. Like we have to start Mm -hmm. telling ourselves that. And so I think I have to constantly affirm myself in that as I step out and as I verbalize and as I vocalize what I know, what I've experienced, especially in this mental health space, because there's a lot of people giving misinformation. There's a lot of people who don't have the training that are speaking in this area. And we'll have, we can talk offline about that. (laughs) You can can edit that part, but um, you know what I'm saying? But the thing is we have to give accurate information and we're, we're trained and purpose to be able to do that. And so I think getting rid of that imposter syndrome and that mindset says, you know, I'm called to this space. I'm trained for this space. And what people are going to find out if there's a thing to find out is that I am I have the knowledge and I have the wisdom in this area. And so I think just as a business owner, as someone who has a, a platform to some degree, it's just constantly that affirmation that I'm, I'm supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. It, you, you know, that hit that hits home for me. Uh, Brandon was one of the first people to call me and uh, say, hey, I want you to do this mental health forum uh, with me. And I was like, right. Nope. <laughs> right. But listen, but but he but but he be writing these these two, three, four, five paragraph statuses, yes. five hundred comments and like on Facebook. So I'm like, what you mean? Why you? Like, what you talking about? <laughs> but you know that was that was the thing about it. Like, I was always able to hide behind like putting out these things that I wanted to say, and then not having any pushback. For real, like it was kind of like I said what I said. <laughs> You know, everybody, you know, (laughs) like go ahead now. And um, 
you know, but knowing that I, I have this knowledge and there's there's something more that I should be doing. So even with Brandy saying at first, like she had to, you know, get into like fully walking into what she knew she was supposed to to do. She then was able to reach back and pull me into that as well and be like, you should also be here. Like we need a, a black male uh, who's, you know, giving this knowledge to to our people. Yeah. And it kind of, you know, helped me start to walk into my purpose as well. And, and even that is a part of what we're supposed to be doing. Like we have to be those people, like even the things that, that you saw with the Cosby show, that, that was like a visual representation that I could do this, even though that was television. But here you have all of us as black professionals who are doing this work. And I think a lot of, uh, of, of us, our people, uh, we learn best through seeing people who are doing this work. We can sit back all the time and listen to this narrative that says like, nobody's doing that. Like black folks ain't doing that. Right. right. But here we are, you know, walking, living proof that, you know, we are doing this work and we should all right. be walking into our purpose. That's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. I think that also some people feel like they can't, not that mm-hmm. they, that maybe they have seen those visual representations and for some reason they're like, mm-hmm. I could never do that. Even if they have examples of mm-hmm. other folks who are like them, same age bracket, same experiences, same education. And they're like, I can't. And it's really about giving yourself the permission to do those yes. things. Maybe yes. it's giving yourself things that I've kind of learned or have started to take on recently or ideas of like, push going against the grain. Like, why can't I do that? Or even if you've done it this way and it looks this way for you, um, I'm going to try it this other way in a way that works for me, you know, like, so giving yourself the permission, I think, like you said, affirmations plays a part in that. Um, Affirming yourself, retreating your mind to believe differently. Like Mm -hmm. all of that, I think is is so incredibly important. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And there, I always tell people like there are times where, I, I, on the flip side, I have this confidence that I can do anything. And sometimes the mindset is like you said, like, I can't do that. Well, why can't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's, listen, I love me some Beyonce. <laughs> and I tell people, God, when God was giving out gifts and callings, he did not say, you know what? I'm going to give Beyonce just a little, you know, like Salt Bay. Like, I'm going to throw her just a little <laughs> bit more than everybody else. Right. Beyonce literally max like she maxes out 100 percent on like she don't she keep her foot on our necks you know, yeah. okay i'm talking ratchet now i'm getting sis keep her foot on our necks just when we be like she can't top that she'd be like really and then her team put out a whole nother promo and you right. were like, like go <laughs> right, right, exactly, and there go your tax money because you 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 going to pay for the concert and all of that and the and the and the gear. So the thing is, if she can do that, why can't I? Why can't I know what I'm called to do and max out one hundred percent? Like I want to, I always say I want to die empty. I want God to look yeah. at me and say. Brandy literally took everything that I gave her. I gave her eggs, butter, and flour, and sis has made a whole pound cake. Yeah, like she took what every every ingredient that I put in her, she she took it and created something with it. There is nothing that I gave her that she did not use. So that that is what I I tell myself every single day. Like, sis, empty it all out. I mean, leave it all out on the court. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And the thing about people like Beyonce and Chad Chadwick also, Mm -hmm. Bozeman had Mm -hmm. a similar uh, statement that he made that he wanted Mm -hmm. to use everything within them. 
Beyonce, though, I think the reason she's able to stay like at the level that she is is she can outwork anybody. Do you know what I'm saying? It's one thing to have a talent and a purpose and a drive and a curiosity, but if you're not doing anything with it, Mm -hmm. then you know, like you're not going to get it. You have to put in the Mm -hmm. work, right? Like uh, faith without works is dead. So, like if you have this thing and you're not doing, you're not Mm -hmm. putting any action behind it, you will absolutely not go anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know. Yes, that's a whole word. (laughs) (laughs) I think a part of of our goal here too is to like get folk into the mode of thinking about like what is the work that you should be doing. Like what is what what is it that is your purpose that you need to be pulling up to that you need to be walking into. What part of of your story? Like we talk about how we did so much. work and conversation last season about like the the internal healing that we have to do and how that is an ongoing process yeah and uh you know continuing to work on ourselves but also after we get to a point of where we feel like you know we're at our our best level at our best self then walking mm-hmm. into our purpose work like what's next there's something that you've gone through or that you walk through that right. to be able to teach to be building bridges for a people yes. so they don't have to go that way and feel yes. number one like they're weirdos and experiencing yes. that, you know, right. as um, um like you're not human, like nobody else has gone through this. Our story should be that for people. They should yes. be building bridges. And that is a part of our purpose work, what we've gone through. Yes, yeah. for sure. One, I want to also insert um, this here because you guys have hit on some very good points. One of the other things that we often fall into is comparison and comparing mm-hmm. what we're doing to what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny because I had a, a business coaching meeting um, last week. And one of the things I told uh, the coach was, but I see you doing X, Y, Z. So I think, you know, of course my mind is, why can't I do that? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It was like, you can look to me for inspiration, but do not compare where you are to where I am because mm-hmm. that will, you know, cause comparison causes you to devalue the work that you do. Mm -hmm. And so when we're getting into this work, and like you said, Scott, you know, you're, you're pulling people up with you. You're out here, you're, you're blazing your own trail. Don't be afraid to do that because if you're comparing yourself to other people, you're going to always be running your race in somebody else's lane. Listen, Mm -hmm. I tell people I used to run track and there is no prize for running the race in somebody else's lane. Mm-hmm. The prize goes for staying in your lane mm-hmm. and running that race in your lane as best mm-hmm. as you can, according to what you have been trained to do. Mm-hmm. And so we really do have to run this race and not be afraid to run in our own lane. Yeah. Gotta preach on this here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Tell us that how how has this work impacted your life? Oh, how has it impacted my life? Number one, it has forced me to be diligent about my own internal work. Mm-hmm. Being in the work, in the line of social work and in the mental health space, we see a lot. We see what happens when you don't deal with your stuff. Mm-hmm. And so just having knowledge of that, I feel like we see too much. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> we have too much background knowledge, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it has made me be like, you know what? Like, I know what it's like to stuff grief for 10 years. I've seen that. Mm -hmm. 
You know, I've seen what happens when you stuff trauma for 20 years, something that happened at 10 years old and you're showing up at 30 and you have had a series of incidences or things in your life that have not worked because you've been impacted by this and never, never done the work for whatever reason. And so I think it has really forced me to be intentional about my work. And I don't always like what I see. Like, mm-hmm. it's not easy to take a look at yourself and realize that you have imperfections and insecurities and things that need to be worked on. But I'm dedicated to continuing to work on those things, acknowledge them, be mad that is, you know, be mad about it mm-hmm. all I want to. But at the mm-hmm. same time, be very diligent about doing the work so that I can be healthy for myself, for my friends, for my family and for my clients as well. So, yeah, I'm just it just makes you hyper vigilant, you know, just like mm-hmm. I'm sure police officers are hyper vigilant about crime and things yeah. of that nature. Like it just makes you just like, OK. I know I need to work through this because if I don't, I I know what's on the other side. Right. Yeah. That makes me uh, think of uh, we've been uh, in and out of this book by Alexandra L. uh, After the Rain. Have you Mm -hmm. seen or heard of it? It's like After the Rain stories, stories for something like healing, courage and self-love, something Mm -hmm. like that. But it's a mix of like her personal stories and affirmations and like some Mm -hmm. prompts and activities to kind of help you do some self-reflection. And I was just reading uh, just chapter two on self-love. There's a line in it that says, I will not allow my past to speak for my present. Mm-hmm. Or wow. something like that. And I would just yeah. want to throw the book across the room. I'm right. like, you know, like that right. like, is a whole right. word. Yes. So think about, you know, what you're saying in terms of people staying in, you know, their mess, their stuff for years. And mm-hmm. then um, it's still showing up this day and like how you have to do to, to work through that. And mm-hmm. what what does it mean for you when you say to do the work? Like, what does that what does that look like for you? For me, it has become trying to be more self-aware and going to therapy, processing my own stuff, you know. Um, And so being self-aware, again, it's just processing like I'm just going to give an example. Let's go back to comparison. If I see something on Facebook and I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, like I start comparing myself, I recognize what the thought is. That's happening for them because they're better than me. That's Mm. happening for them because I'm not good enough. And one thing that I do is I will verbalize in prayer or in my journal. I I verbalize what my negative thoughts are. You know Mm. what I'm saying? Because I don't stuff them. I don't keep them inside. I even have like a friend who's a safe space for me. And I'll be like, this is how I'm feeling. And she'll be like, okay, well, what what and she's also a therapist. So us therapists get free therapy sometimes. Right. <laughs> no. but, um she'd be like, Well, what I mean, what is the thought behind that? And as painful as it is a lot of times, I will verbalize because there's always a thought attached to it. It's always right. a thought attached to it. And so one of the things that has really helped me has been to verbalize negative thoughts that I've had. And then I have to challenge them and come back and be like, Well, why do you even think that? Like you don't even know that person. What? Mm-hmm. You know, like challenging those um, those thoughts. And so for me, that has been the work, especially because, you know, and I, sh- I share about it on my podcast. Two years ago, I was um, in a situation that was what I didn't know was narcissistic abuse. And that mm. tears your self-esteem down. So for mm-hmm. me, 
coming out of that and, and healing from the trauma and still doing the work to heal from the trauma of coming out of it. Um, one of the things that's most important to me is knowing who I am, standing firm in my identity and recognizing when my thought patterns are a little suspect. <laughs> and challenging those so that I can keep going because it always starts with a thought. And I'm candid with my therapist. Like I'll tell her, these are the thoughts that I've had. This is this. And she does a very good job of, of um challenging those thoughts as well and helping me to see like, girl, you tripping, you know? So mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think there's always, and for everybody, which is really the premise, especially of the first season uh, for most folks, at least that there is an underlying limiting belief of not enoughness, right? Yes. And find a way to affirm our enoughness, even if our behavior doesn't align with how we really think, believe, or want to be um, right. that, even when there are those things like that, I am still whole. I am still enough yeah. to do this thing. And that's difficult. We don't mm -hmm. always know how to mm -hmm. like live, stay in that enoughness, yes. regardless of what the process mm -hmm. is kind of looking like. Yes, so. mm -hmm. yes for, sure. for sure. So around the, the idea in and of itself of, of like enoughness, uh, do you believe that everybody have, has purpose and we have purpose? How do we get to it? How do we know what it is? Yeah. Yeah, I do believe that we all have purpose. I think that it starts with what you're passionate about. I don't believe that we are called to do things that we don't like. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I think that it starts with what you're passionate about and not giving in to societal norms of what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. um, and this is such a good question because often we there's a lot of discussion around like getting a degree in one area and then like let's say finance and then you're or accounting and then you become an accountant and you hate it yeah but you really want to be like a um i don't know an artist or a photographer or whatever and there's that struggle you know and then right. there are people who post those memes about a degree don't mean nothing whatever whatever mm -hmm. so for me i i thank god very often that my degree lined up with what I'm actually passionate about. Like people ask me, like, do you want to leave your job and do something else? I'm like, no, I'm probably going <laughs> to retire from my job. Right. I'm an entrepreneur on the side, but I actually am passionate about like going into the prison system. Like, that's what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love what I do. Like, no, mm -hmm. fam, I'm keeping these good benefits. I'm staying in my nine to Like, no, I'm keeping my benefits. And right. I like what I do. Um, but I do think that it it has to be something that you are passionate about. I just don't think that God gives us purpose for us to be bored. And your your purpose initially is going to feel like something that you don't feel qualified for. And that's the thing. That's a good thing. You're not supposed to feel like you can do it all because if you mm -hmm. if you could, you would not need anyone or anything to get it done. And that's just not how we're wired. We have, you know, we, uh, I think it was Dr. Miles Monroe who said that relationships are, um, and I may be misquoting, but there's a, a quote out there that says relationships are the currency of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so when we think that we can do it all on our own, that robs us of relationship. And mm -hmm. so we're, we're created to be in relationship with one another. And, um, your, that's, and I think that the beauty in that is when you, 
know that your purpose is so much bigger than you and you can't do it on your own. That's when God sends in the help to be able to carry it out. And so I do believe that everyone has purpose. It is the starting place is going to be knowing what you're passionate about and not being afraid to pursue that, even if it doesn't look like what your what your mama told you you need to be doing or they, they don't make no money. Why you want to do that? You know, yeah, like, you can make money doing anything out here for real. You know what yeah. I'm saying? If you don't believe me, go on Instagram. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and so people get rich off TikTok every day. They really do. And so um, just not being afraid if it doesn't look like the norm or what people would expect for you to do. But if you're passionate about it, you pursue it. You can make money, create a space and create a way to make money and, and live in that in that arena. Mm-hmm. You know, I can identify with, with uh, a lot of what you're saying. Also, uh, I think some of it was I was holding myself uh, like kind of hostage to like only my, my nine to five and convincing mm-hmm. myself that that was my only purpose work. Mm-hmm. And that's all that I needed to be doing. Like I'm, I'm working. And it wasn't even that, that anyone else was bothering me. It was just like, God was consistently Imagine. tugging at me mm-hmm. and telling me like, mm-hmm. there's more that I want you to be doing. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so I'm, I'm baking cakes, <laughs> right? And so that was enough. Like people, people like cakes. I'm sure people that you know, black men baking, you know, all this other kind of stuff. And I was like, bro, you tried it. So, <laughs> Trip with him is like you said, Brandy. He has such a gift for words, right? Yeah. Like, why would you not? Uh, be a vessel in that way and keep using your words. Mm-hmm. And he'll he'll even be like. People keep sending me um, these things they don't want to post about, and they DMing me about it. <laughs> I know Scott gonna post it because he don't care. Why are sending it to me? And I'm like, because you right. have a way with words, like you can yeah. say it in a way that they it resonates with them, that yes. they can't find those words themselves. Yes. That is that is not something like that's a thing. And so the yes. fact that like I don't understand why I can't just sit here and kick it is like you have you have something that is a yes. light for people, yes. you know. Yes, so much. You you have a way of like making things palatable for people. Like you can say hard things in a nice way. Yes. You know what I mean? And that's that's a gift in itself. Like being able to be like, you know, I know you're going to hate me for saying this, but you're going to love me at the end, you know. So, mm-hmm. it'll be all right. You know what I, I mean? I hate it here. Not, <laughs> he's, he's not comfortable. Not he's not comfortable now. <laughs> right. I like right. it. <laughs> Back to our interview with Beast Speaks. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm learning to appreciate those spaces. Um yeah. and you know, understand that there there is like a space for the work that I'm doing. And also that that uh that kind of service is is the the duty that I pay. Uh, and the rent that I pay for, yeah. you know, my space here and and for having some level of, of a platform. Uh, I think one of the biggest things that I've always been afraid of is, is like being judged, being judged, yeah. being exposed, um, like my, my hurt places uh, coming out. So those things also uh, hinder us sometimes from walking into our purpose, because you know, when we're able to sit back and, and look at, you know, celeb life and, you know, kind of judge their yeah. stuff or other people that are doing it, we don't have to worry about our stuff. 
being exposed. But a, a lot of our purpose, again, is like some of those hurt places and having to be transparent about those those places and speak about them from a healthy space yeah. of healing uh, and a space of like this happened. This is also how I got through. Right. And not that I, I use this to like not move anymore. Yeah. So if I use this to move, then also it's, it's your responsibility to walk into your purpose and yeah. use it to move and do something to move the culture and your community and your family forward to, to break some of those chains. You know, we, we all have that that type of work that we have to do. Yes. <laughs> That's why I think it's important to note that, like, you don't have to be. Well, I don't think that there's a, a such thing as done with healing, but like yeah. you don't have to have no no stuff in order mm-hmm. to like be making impact. You know what I mean? Like yes. actively be lifting other people up while you're still working your own mm-hmm. stuff out. And a yeah. lot of the times, the act of you helping something someone else out is helping you work through your own stuff yes. as well, mm-hmm. right? So yes. I guess there's a place for everybody. If we're all having a cookout and you might not be able to do the main dish and do it well, mm-hmm. but if you can bring the plates and the napkins and the cups, then like make them the flyest yes. plates and cap- napkins and cups. Yes. And that's the contribution. Yes. That's your work. And I think yes. that's okay. Everybody has a place here, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Yes. And it and to add to that, I think being in the mental health space as an extra layer of layer of pressure to come from a place of healing. Like I don't never feel anxiety because I'm a therapist and I know what to do with my anxiety. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it's crazy because we don't have that expectation of doctors. Like I would never tell a heart surgeon, like you can't operate on yourself. You mean to tell me <laughs> you can't take the scalpel at home on your couch and open right. yourself up and, and fix that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I would never say that to them. That would just be preposterous to me to Mm -hmm. even think that they can heal themselves. And it's the same thing with this mental health space. We can't heal ourselves. We don't see everything. If you ask me to give you an accurate description of my back, I can't tell you what's on my back. Mm -hmm. But my, my, my accountability, they can tell me what I can't see. My therapist can tell you what I can't see. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We don't see everything about ourselves. We really don't. And so that's, I I understand Scott and that adding that extra layer of I'm a therapist. So I show up healed all time, all the time. But the reality is that we don't, we are therapists by training and by Mm -hmm. calling, but we are not immune to the ills and wills of life. It doesn't give us some superhuman superpowers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That is, that's true. I like that idea about not expecting a heart surgeon to, or work on themselves, or even for that matter, like it's like almost saying like a doctor um, maybe should never get sick, or you know, right. like no prevent all mm-hmm. all physical illnesses. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's a really good, uh, really good point you made. So then you have uh, you were redirected into social work. You have found work that you feel passionate about. You also do empowerment work on the side. Um, you also have a podcast, like so you do all of this and you are very fulfilled. How then, or what then is your biggest piece of advice for others who might be uh, maybe looking for what's theirs to do, or maybe they've started out. Like what would your, let me frame it this way. What would be the number one thing you would have told your younger self? Oh, that's such a good, a good question. Um, I would say going back to the piece about, running my own race and doing it at my pace. Because once you find out what your purpose is, 
you're going to get a lot of ideas about things to do. And there are ideas that you'll have that are not for this time. Mm. And sometimes Mm. people burn out very quickly because they get, I know what my purpose is. I Mm. have, you know, I start a life coaching business. I want to do credit repair, you know, oh, and I want to open a group home. Oh, and I want to start another company. I want to have a for-profit that does this. Okay. And I also want to do coaching in this area. And then, you know, I also want to start a podcast and I want to start a radio. Like we just get all these ideas and you start trying to tackle all of that at one time. But the thing is, and this is why I I believe that the word says to write the vision and make it plain. Mm. Because when you write the vision, it keeps you in remembrance of it. So you don't have to worry about, well, if I don't do all this right now, it won't ever get done. Mm. Yeah. You're keeping a record of it. It's always before you. So that means if I have 10 things written down for my vision, I don't have to do all 10 this year. Yeah. I can do one. I can do one and two. I may even get to three if I'm lucky. But I don't have to do everything at one time. There's pacing and there's a timing for everything. And so, you know, again, going back to this session I had earlier this week with my coach, there are three things that I, I've done in this first quarter. I've, I've done 360 University, which I've walked a, a group of ladies through uh, building certain aspects of their businesses coming off of that. And then I have an event, a virtual event at the end of February. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also working on a whole nother uh, publishing project. And she was like, you doing all that in the first quarter? <laughs> Why? <laughs> you know? And I was just like, you know what? Maybe because I felt so unproductive in 2020. Uh-huh. I felt the push to like, okay, I'm back up. You know, the Donald is gone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, I recovered some of my brain cells. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel more optimistic and I can, I feel like I can now run again. And what she helped me to see was all of this is good. Like, I'm glad that you're doing it. But in the future, give yourself some time. Give yourself yeah. some spacing. You don't have to do everything in the first quarter, in one quarter. You have mm-hmm. the rest of the year. You can do it. So I would say just stay in your pacing. You'll get a lot of good ideas. Um, and also understand that every good idea is not a God idea. It's, it may yeah. not be for you. Starting a podcast is attractive to a lot of people, but that may not be your thing. Yeah. So Know what ideas are the ones for you and your purpose and then set a pace that you're actually going to be able to do it and do it well. Because if you try to do 10 things, you're going to half do five of them. And then you're going to have a whole bunch of half done projects and you're going to be mad at yourself. And then you're going to think you need to quit because you didn't get the results that you needed. But sis, you out here or bro, you out here doing it half halfway because you don't have the energy for all of that. You should have yeah. focused on one, two, and three and gave it 100% and put out a good product with that and then pace yourself for the other things. So yeah, I think it's really important that that we kind of, you know, stop there for a moment just because I'll tell you something that's got on my damn nerves uh, during this pandemic is like people posting things like if you don't come out on the other end of this pandemic with a with a business or with a podcast or, right. or having done X, Y, and Z. Man, that's BS, man. Some of us are doing okay just to be surviving, you know, with with our mental health. 
um, and, and being uh, mentally wealthy in these spaces and being okay with who we are. Some of us have been able to just reconnect with our families yeah. uh, over the course of having to do Zoom. Some of us have had the opportunity to just sit with ourselves and kind of carve out what it is that we don't want to be doing. Yeah. Uh, some of us have been forced into spaces, maybe even in the midst of a layoff, where we found another way uh, that's driving us to our purpose. We have to stop letting people tell us that if we haven't done these 10 things that are on their list, that we're unproductive as yes. people. Uh, I think a part of, of our purpose is, is also understanding that uh, everybody has their lane, like you said earlier, and it's important to stay in your lane yeah. um, to find what my purpose is, is important. And, and if I don't do anything uh, in the midst of this pandemic, except stay well and kind of get closer to finding out what my purpose is for me, yes. then I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. That's all right. Like sometimes, you know, Finding our baseline or getting to that baseline is okay, right? Yes. And we don't have to make people feel like if they haven't done 50, 11 things right. that they're horrible at, right? right. If, if you ain't come up with a susu, uh, <laughs> then, you know, you, you're terrible. Like if I ain't bought a right. real Bitcoin and I ain't doing nothing with my life. Right, right. We have to stop treating people that way. Like we we have to be folks who save space for folks like and provide information uh, that lets people know that we're here. We're saving space for you. And if you need the grace in this moment, then it's also there for you. But there's some education. There's some things that you can learn and you can lean into. I think there's there's room for all of that. And there's room for all of us at the table. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's about ebbs and flows, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. there will be seasons where, you know, you are really like educating yourself, sewing into yourself, um, planning, strategizing. And then there will be seasons where you're like your harvest has come in. Maybe you're more productive mm-hmm. in those times. Mm-hmm. And I think there, it, but all of those are important. And I think it also kind of ties into the idea idea of your point, uh, Brandy, with um, having lots of ideas is that creating space for yourself to evolve, right? So part of it is timing, but um, if I do, you know, I have these ideas and I execute them at this point in my life with who I am right now, then I evolve in a couple years. And yes, mm-hmm. I might still have this idea that I wrote down a couple years ago, but maybe it looks differently because I'm different, mm-hmm. at this point, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'll yeah. take I'll use my dance career as an example. Um, I had so many different uh, facets of that as then mm-hmm. it grew with me until I think I kind of outgrew the way that it, I was living in it altogether. Mm-hmm. But, you know, starting off with just um, perform, like being a performer, right? Out in mm-hmm. LA, uh, auditioning, um, that kind of stuff. And then it became more of choreography. And then it became, um, I went to grad school and got a master's mm-hmm. degree. And then it mm-hmm. became like, I'm actually more of an educator. And then it was like, but actually I really like talking about career building more than I like all of this right. stuff. I'm going to stay adjacent and like really just talk to artists about developing their careers. Like the through line of movement is still there, but I evolved yeah. to do different yeah. things with it. And I think also yeah. um, folks, should allow themselves not only time, but like space to have right. your seasons, but then also evolve to like whatever mm-hmm. it is that you will, mm-hmm. you will become. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause even in my business, like with pros of Esther, I started out as a teen mentoring program, like literally mentoring teens in group homes, boys and girls club, that type of thing. 
we did that. We started out in 2010 doing that. And when we revamped in 2015, we came back and I was just like, I want to focus on working with women. Like we do, you know, we may do an outreach here and there with working with teens, but my focus is supposed to be um, with women. And what's so funny is when I was in college in 2004, I never remember I had a dream that I was in a classroom and it was filled with adult women and I was teaching them something. And at the time I was, I couldn't remember what I was teaching, but I knew that it was purpose. So I wrote it down. And once I started to shift, I was brought back to that dream that that was my purpose, mm-hmm. that that's what I was supposed to be doing. And so even though I, I didn't start out that way, I do believe, like you said, in, in allowing yourself to evolve, the things that you do before you reach that final destination is all preparation. Yeah. Like there are things I learned working with teens that, okay, that's what they're dealing with, that sometimes I see show up in women. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's all connected. But you, like you said, you have to give space to evolve. It, it, 10 years from now, it may not look the same, still the same purpose, but the vision what that looks like. Um, I'm sorry, the way that you carry it out, they yeah. give God room to tweak it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. 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 And he'll make that thing clear for you. Mm-hmm. Listen, crystal clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, um, offline, I know I give you a hard time about pearls of Esther. Yes. But I know, I know. Yeah. I'm actually writing a book and I was just thinking this morning that I'm going to make it one that both men and women can read. So, yeah, absolutely. Nice. So along those lines, tell us for real, uh, even with the work that you're doing with, with women, you know, I support it and I love it. Uh, so mm-hmm. how can we help? Oh, how can you help? It's a loaded question. I feel like these <laughs> questions are so good. Uh, okay. Um, how can you help? You can help by supporting your sisters, your mother, your spouse, and their your friends, your sister friends, and their healing process. Mm-hmm. I think that you, as a man, you do have a voice. Um, I go back to the story of Queen Esther and how it was Mordecai. It was her cousin. It wasn't even another woman. Mm-hmm. It was her cousin who said, Perhaps you have been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. Hmm. He spoke into her. And so I always use that example to say what you say matters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fellas, what you say, it matters. And so if you see us not operating at full capacity of who you know that we're called to be, you see us living in uh, living out low self-esteem and or degrading ourselves or downplaying who we are speak life into us speak life over us encourage us to get help go Mm -hmm. to therapy do the internal work because what you say matters for all of us we don't just have to hear it from our girlfriends like Mm -hmm. you can also encourage us when you see those things start to to manifest as well um, other than that, man, just listen, treat us right too. Like, don't be out here being the cause of the pain. You know, that might be a whole nother episode. But listen, don't you be out here, like her said, doing damage. Like, <laughs> like you don't be the one doing damage. Okay. So do your work 
So when you show up for us, you're showing up in a place of respect and love and compassion and empathy and your mama issues ain't playing out in your relationship with me. And you're not making me pay for that abandonment from her mm-hmm. or those past relationships. Or you you learned that, you know, you saw abuse going on in your home. So you, you think you're going to show up here and do that. You know, first of all, my brother will come hunt you down. That's number mm-hmm. one. <laughs> mm-hmm. But second, no, but seriously, like just show up show up in a healthy in a healthy place so do your work because it's also important we have to work together i'm not telling you anything i wouldn't tell my sisters i'm i'm always talking to them about healing all the time but the way that you do your work as our as our brother as our potential spouse or whatever cousin uncle do your work so that you can respond to us especially as black women we need our black men and we need them to do the work and the healing and recognize those places where there is wounding um, and communicate with us about how we can help you in return. So mm-hmm. I know I just said a whole lot, but. No, that was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. That was really good. Yeah. So do all of it. <laughs> do all of the things. Yeah, right. I'll be taking notes on it. Right. Look who done tapped in now. <laughs> right. Um, so music. We love, love, love music. We're always, it's always playing in our home, uh, all times of the day, every occasion. And we want to ask you, like, what's your music for this moment? Uh, what's the, the theme song of your work or who you are as a, a human in this world? What is my theme song? So I always go back to the song I Was Here by Beyonce. That's like my favorite. And I I, I always go back to that because I, I want to leave a mark on this world. I want the world to be better when I leave um, because I was here. We look at Chadwick Boseman. We look at Kobe Bryant. Um, and we look at, you know, even Larry King, you know, he just passed. And we look at a lot of the greats and they somehow contributed to the world being better or made some contribution to where their absence is felt. When Kobe, you know, I always say when Kobe passed, I feel like the earth shook. I feel like there was an an earthquake, so to speak. We didn't feel it physically, but I feel like literally the earth shook. And I want to leave a mark in such a way that it feels like the earth shook when I leave, when I transition, Mm. but it shakes in a way that it wakes people up out of sleeping on their purpose and it inspires Mm. them to do better. Kobe has inspired so many people, even in his death, he's still inspiring people. And that's what you call leaving a legacy. So I always go back to Beyonce. I was here. I want people to know that I was here. And most importantly, I inspired them to do something more with what they have and with what God has given them. Mm. Amen. Yeah, that was good. Spot on. Listen, this has just been an amazing conversation. Yeah. Um, Can't tell you how much we appreciate you being here. um, Thank you. Always. Yeah. I mean, it means the world to us. And of course I had to go back and um, 
have some more conversation about <laughs> the things that, that we should be doing. But this is really what we hope happens for for uh, our viewers and our list, our listeners uh, that, you know, we start to have those conversations about uh, what purpose work yeah. looks like. Uh, that's kind of what this is for us. Uh, before we go, though, we want to get uh, your resources, your your uh, social media handles, um, anything that you'd like to share, how we can follow you, all that good stuff. So hook us up with that. Yes, thank you. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram. It's my Instagram handle is at Pearls of Esther I N C. That's at P E A R L S O F E S T H E R I N C. You can also follow my podcast, The Crazy Counselor. And the whole premise yeah. behind that is our us counselors, we have our own crazy, so to speak, yeah. our own stuff we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what we that's what I try to share as well. Um, but you can follow me on uh, Google Play, Spotify, and Anchor, as well as iTunes or uh, Apple Podcasts. So that's Crazy Counselor. I'm also on Facebook as B Speaks, as you see here, B-E-E-S-P-E-A-K-S. And also my website for my nonprofit is www.pearlsofester.com. So I think that's it. Thank you guys for this space. It's always... So good to talk. You know, I stand the haze. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> listen, I, I am such a stand, like, for real, for real. So this is an honor that you guys would consider me. And so I just I just love y'all for it. And I'm grateful. So whatever I can do to support you and what you're doing, you know, just let me know. Thank you, Brandy. We appreciate sure. it. Like, we really appreciate and respect what you're doing. Um, also, uh not even quietly, like Brandy helped us figure out some things with getting the love haze like up and running in the right right way. So I appreciate the space to have a community of folks who are Mm -hmm. willing to lift one another Mm -hmm. up and just like, we really just appreciate you and thank you for being here. Mm -hmm. No problem. No problem at all. So y'all, that is it for this episode. Um, We are the hazes. Mm -hmm. And uh, and until we see y'all again, man, we encourage you to pull up to your purpose. Pull up. Let's do it.